Nicole. Hi, Evie. Hi. 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 Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, yours was lovely. Oh, let's see. I've been practicing all week. That was the worst. No, you've done worse. That was bad. Hold on. That was bad. I give up. Cheers. There you go. I just did one for you. That was good. That's a really satisfying sound. It really is, isn't it? The glass clinking together. Yeah, I do like that. Um, Every single week, I fail to remember that, and I fail to grab two glass items. Well, it hasn't been every single week. I mean, you did come through a couple times. We have been doing this well over a year. And I've literally only come through a couple times. Well, so. now to be fair, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's no, no. <laughs> uh, I think we're changing that hashtag to hashtag. Turns out Nicole isn't fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to keep up the propaganda. Nicole is perfect. Nicole Ooh, is perfect. I like, I like that. I, you know what's funny is that I immediately go to like russia when i hear propaganda which really is interesting because propaganda can be so many different things but i go through this like immediate emotion of like russia propaganda killing eve the americans Ooh, i should start the americans again like all in a matter of seconds anytime i hear anything like a sort of russian and propaganda is not even russian no well not specifically not no but it's exhausting my brain is exhausting yeah how was your week Oh, well, um, again, I feel like much the same as last week. Uh, Amos had surgery today, though, so I drove. Did you drove? Do you I not drove? drove? Yeah, I got, I got to drive a vehicle for the first time in a while. <laughs> what? Why do you not drive? Well, I just, you know, I've been working from home and... You know, for a few months there, we only had the one car because Mm. Amos' car was totaled in the accident. So, uh, you know, it was like, and whenever we would go anywhere together, Amos drives. So it's like, I just, I mean, I've driven like down to the doctor's office or something, right? Yeah. But that's like a couple blocks away. It doesn't really count. (laughs) Today I was on the open road. Wow. I, I love driving. Like even when we were in like, hardcore quarantine you know like um I didn't want to drive a lot because you know you don't want to like stop and get gas and stuff but then when we got a little past it we was like okay we can use a debit card at the pump yada yada like that was still the one thing I needed to do was go for drives like yeah even that's one of the biggest things like living in cities and stuff you know I lived in Boston before and and it's very easy to live in Boston without a car. It's almost, sometimes it's easier because parking is such a pain in the ass and there's public transportation and all that stuff, but there is nothing to me anyway, nothing beats being able to get in your car and leave the place you are. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be in the loveliest place. Like I've met people and I remember having conversations with people in Boston that were like, I haven't left the city in years. Because, you you know, you are there and you can get everywhere you need to go. But I was like, you literally live on, in New England. You're 70 miles from Maine, you know. How do you not? And I mean, obviously, you can, like, rent a car and stuff like that. But having a car is the most 
like the most beautiful feeling to me to just be able to go and just change everything I'm looking at just know I can just completely change it in like a couple hours you know yeah well and, I mean and also since the weather has broken a little bit like it does start to feel like oh my god we can get outside again um but that was also something cool that we did this week I mean i listen you know how much I hate winter and I've been really trying to like do what I can to like make it a little bit better so I did a bunch of like frozen blocks of ice with food coloring and Amos and I built an ice sculpture on the on our front lawn that's awesome and that was fun. I mean, it was kind of one of those things like we were trying to get as many blocks of ice as we could and we weren't exactly sure what we were going to make with it because I was inspired by uh, an acquaintance of mine on Facebook who she and her sister did this like huge like igloo during this cold you know, mm-hmm. snap and um, like they made the news and stuff and it was so cool and I was like, ooh, we could do something like like that but we don't need to make an igloo we could just make something else you know so I'd been like I'd ordered food dye and we had all these really pretty colors we had orange and purple and pink and two different colors of blue and two different colors of green and then the weather got nice and it was like that morning Amos and I were like well we need to put these together now because I did not spend all these days freezing all these blocks of ice for nothing so we quickly created a little ice sculpture on our front lawn. Is it, are they gone now? Oh yeah, they melted like that by the next day they were gone. Um, yeah, for a while and for you folks that don't live in Michigan, it was it was a pretty intense winter for a little bit there. I think actually every most places got snow in the whole country, um, and it was really cold. And then the last two days. I mean, it's 25 degrees warmer, I feel like. Yeah, it's like so, 40 degrees warmer. I mean, it is yeah. so much warmer. Everything melted. Everything's gone. Um, I did... Oh, sorry. Uh, I did so drive... I the other thing that we did was I also got some glow sticks. And we made, like, little snow monsters and put little glow sticks in them for eyes. And then last night, before all the snow completely melted, we made a gigantic kitty cat snow creature on our front lawn. And uh, used some of the glow sticks for, like, the whiskers and the eyes and the nose and the little kitty claws. It was so, it was really cute. They're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah, you should see the kitty cat out there now. It does not look like a kitty cat anymore. <laughs> it looks more like a Dr. Seuss creature. Um, Which is, that cat is cool. That picture is really beautiful of it. Um, but today I was driving in Royal Oak and somebody built a I'd say about a 20 foot great white in their front yard nice um yeah I'll send you the picture after like an ice snow thing and I got out and he was like doing the teeth and I helped him do the teeth a little bit and it is the coolest thing ever oh Um, fun yeah I mean it was this was a few hours ago so actually it probably melts a little bit but that ice was packed and it was I mean it's good the temperature is gonna drop again so it'll probably freeze over but unfortunately I think that guy will be gone tomorrow yeah Um, probably I mean it's supposed to freeze up a little bit later tonight but um it was damage has already probably been wreaked upon it yeah it was rough for a little while there because it would get a little warm in the day and then everything would freeze into total ice at night oh yeah I mean those days were a little bit harder to freeze blocks yeah (laughs) it was taking me longer than usual but yeah but but the ice blocks that I did have were staying frozen so um well that's like 
you know, next winter, something to think about earlier in the season that like maybe that'll make it fun if you do projects like that. I mean, that's why I like, like, I genuinely love winter and I love winter sports, but I never go. Like, I used to go skiing. I mean, we didn't go often, but we went skiing a few times in Boston with some friends and um, I've gone skiing a couple times here. Like, it's, I wait so long in between that basically every time I go skiing, I still need a lesson. Um, like even just the bunny hill, but by the end of the day, I'm usually pretty decent again. Uh, but skiing is, I mean, first of all, it's, I mean, it's, you know, a pandemic. We're obviously not doing, I'm not really doing anything like that right now. Second of all, it's a little pricey and like, I don't know anybody that skis, so it'd be kind of weird to go by myself, but, um, it's so different when you get out and like, or like when the lakes would freeze over and you could ice skate, it made winter so much more fun, you know? Yeah, I mean, I loved that kind of stuff when I was a kid. We had, you know, the big hill at the park down the street called Suicide mm-hmm. Hill, and I love that. You know, and then there was the the lake at the po- at the bottom or the pond really at the bottom where you could go ice skating. Mm-hmm. And now apparently, like it, there's something. I don't know what it is, but that lake that I used to ice skate on doesn't freeze completely anymore at all. Oh yeah, that's called global warming. Yeah. Oh right, right. That's what that is. Um, could be a hoax or we really could remember that every year for Christmas, every year Christmas Day, we would, you know, I grew up on Cass Lake. It's a big lake. Every year Christmas Day, we would have a hockey game. Um, one of the, a couple of the Red Wings guys lived off the lake and they would like, um, make, make like an actual rink, you know, not make, but like shovel out a rink. Right. Huge hockey game that all the neighborhood kids would play. And this was on Christmas Day. I have not seen a lake freeze over on Christmas Day. I, it just doesn't happen anymore. Like at all. I've never wanted, and not, and it certainly wouldn't go out in the middle of Cass Lake, which is has some really deep parts, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't freeze anymore, so that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, how was your week? Uh, it was um, it was okay. It was good. I had a, you know, um, couple little things, little hiccups. My dog hurt himself so we did go to, to the vet yesterday but he's okay but I know. so glad little texas we yeah. love you i mean i did go to the vet for them to tell me as a bruise and pay a bunch of money as per usual but i still get so worried about that um and i want to make sure like injuries the you know the vet's like he definitely has some arthritis and his hips yada yada but more so i was worried about um you know like if he ate something or something in his stomach you know what i mean yeah. like i just want to make sure it wasn't anything like internal like that Right. Um, Isn't that funny how, like, if you get sick, you're more apt to, like, grab the super glue and perform minor surgery on yourself. 100%. But if your dog gets sick, you're like, vet, let's go immediately. Immediately. No, I, my idea of, like, taking care of it is either gluing myself, ignoring it, and just hoping I don't die, or, like, maybe I'll call my mom. (laughs) Maybe. But Texas, immediately, I, I need, immediately need to, like, uh, immediately need to take him into the vet. We need tests. We need every kind of test you can do. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I do not go to the doctors. I hate going to the doctors. I don't mind the dentist, which is weird. I don't love it, but but I hate going to the doctors. Ugh, I have to get fillings done tomorrow. So, so tomorrow's milkshake day because that's how I like get myself through going to the dentist by treating myself to a milkshake. What kind of milkshake? Well, I don't know. It'll depend on my mood. Oh, okay. Any specific place or just? No. No? Just a milkshake? 
just I just need a fucking milkshake. It won't be like a McDonald's milkshake. It'll have to be like a good milkshake, you know, like okay, yeah. ice cream. Um, and then on Friday, I have to get a mammogram. So I need to think of another treat. Like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you haven't had a mammogram yet, have you? Mm-mm. It's pretty painful, especially if yeah. you've got big boobs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that's. But once again, um, well, I did just get insurance, so also that is a big difference. Does not does not mean I will use it, but I do have it. Yeah. Well, I have um, to go get another one. I haven't been for quite a few years, and <clears throat> last time I went, um, they had a really hard time getting a read on my boobs because I've got busy boobs, what they call them. And I was like, well, apparently my boobs are busier than I am. <laughs> but. Uh, and what, what that really just means is there's, a, like, a lot of fatty tissue in there. So there's, like, a lot of, like, stuff in the way, and it's hard for them to tell what's what. Yeah. So I just, you know, it's been it's been a few years. It's like, okay, I may as well just yeah. get it done again and nah, be Are over it. Are medical podcast now? I know. I think so. I feel like with <laughs> Eve, Eve Busy Boobs. <laughs> Eve, Eve Busy Boobs and hashtag Nicole is perfect. I actually should not though. <laughs> Hashtag Nicole is a surgeon. <laughs> I really am. Listen, so I have this app that I can do surgery. I've learned to do. I feel like I could comfortably um do an appy. I feel like maybe between Grey's Anatomy and my app, if I had to, if I had to, I could do it. So you just said appy, as in appendectomy. So like taking out doctor speak. Are you? Is that your like official lingo as a doctor? Well, to be honest with you, I couldn't remember the word, but I feel like people would have lost faith in me as a surgeon if I didn't know what the surgery was called. But I remember hearing on Grey's Anatomy them calling it like an appy. (laughs) Okay, so you just. Yeah, I mean, it sort of feels a little bit more natural, maybe. Yeah, it's an appendectomy, right? Yeah. Appendicitis is when it bursts. The appendix right. is what it's called an appendectomy. Yeah, see, basically, I've already basically went to medical school. You maybe like they already mastered it. I mean, I can just by the fact that you know those three different things, you're like done. No, I mean, I'm telling you, this touch surgery shows you exactly. Oh, I did a C-section, too. So if, oh. if anybody ever needs one of those, uh, I am going to run some specials half off a little cheaper than going to the doctors. Um, <laughs> I do have a really nice halogen light right here. So I feel like I could set up a little surgery thing. Although it does every once in a while turn into this LED thing because it's my nephew's face. So if you don't mind <laughs> um, of strobe and LED light flashing every little, you know, every once in a while, we're good. Yeah, I'm sure that wouldn't be a problem while doing surgery either. No, because I will put you out. I do not have um, ana- any anesthesia. What's it called? Anesthesia? Anesthesiologist. What's that called? Anesthesia, right? Anesthesia? Anesthesia, yeah. Sorry. See, the fact that I don't know does not make me sound very professional. But um, <laughs> uh, I don't have any, but I will buy um, either if you want to do it natural, we can do a melatonin. Otherwise, I can give you like NyQuil. We're good. Oh my God. Actually, let me tell you what happened today at, uh, when we were at the place for Amy's surgery, 
So uh, one of the nurse techs or whatever was in there. And, you know, you're making small chat, you know, chit-chatting. She was putting these compression... small chat? I'm sorry. Well, did I say that? (laughs) I don't know why, but that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) You guys are making small chat. They're making small chat. (laughs) It sounds like something like Canadians would say or something. (laughs) We was making small chat with her, you know. I, I can't. So we were okay. So you're making small chat. Sorry, I'm so sorry, sorry, but that just sounded so funny. I didn't even realize I said that. <laughs> like something like they would say in like Nova Scotia. You know what I mean? Like one of those random ass little. All right, so go ahead. Like you and out of pocket. Like I saw that again this week, and I was like, what? She didn't make that up. No, I did not make up out of pocket, and it's a perfect like expression I think it's really funny and it's out of pocket that you don't know and you still don't understand shipping so I can't well <laughs> at least we can have small talk right now yes we can small chat go ahead so we're making small chat with her and uh they were putting compression socks on Amos's legs because of her blood clotting issues right and uh I started joking around, you know, because Amos was like in that point where she'd had a little bit of like the the drug cocktail, so she was a little woozy, and so I was just trying to keep her spirits high. And I started joking with how, you know, it was Amos's fault that 2020 happened because of her leg, and she'd started off the year in the hospital. That's a big and responsibility to give Amos. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's kind of the joke that we have, you yeah. know, we blame 2020 on Amos. And the nurse said, <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, you got to be careful with how you joke about that. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, cause of all the conspiracy theory people. And then she says, I'm not even sure I believe how it got here. She's oh like, boy. No, it seemed awfully convenient timing, if you know what I mean. And I was like, oh boy, you're a medical professional. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Amos is like, I'm in danger. <laughs> Thank goodness that wasn't the surgeon. Where did you, what, what doctor did you guys go to? Was it, was it that medical, or not that medical, but that, you know when you're driving north on Woodward after like seven mile or whatever, and there's like that holistic house shack? Oh, you guys yeah, there? yeah, yeah, the hippie dome. Yes. Is that where you guys went for a surgery? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they did it in a fucking tree house. They did. They did it in a tree house with like... No doors. Yeah. Yeah. No doors. Just beads, man. (laughs) Just beads. Just beads in here. Oh boy, that is so. Shot with hemp. Yeah, that's what their cocktail was. Hemp. (laughs) (laughs) And then they did like just fucking essential oils. That's all they did for her surgery. Exactly. Okay, that, I'm, you know I'm obsessed with that place, and I do need to go in there one day. Have you never been in there? Never. Oh, they have like a little cafe. They've got really great smoothies, and it's all vegetarian, vegan. I like. I literally have like thought about that place for um, however many years I've been alive and driving down Woodward, and I've never once stopped. And I'm. How do you like, have to stop? You really should. It's it's really kind of a cool little place. Yeah? Okay, yeah. That's, that's... I wonder... I mean, they're open now, right? Oh, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't do, like... I wouldn't do, like... Is it a restaurant? You said a cafe? I wouldn't, like, eat in there. But I'd just like to walk in and see 
Um, I bet it smells like patchouli. Oh, I'm sure it's it's all incensey all the time in there. Which can be nice. Although I did buy an incense once that smelled like death, and it. <laughs> but most of the time, I like the one. I think we talked about this before. The yeah, one. Champa. Yeah, that's really that's a great smell. So, um, okay, so back to my week. Uh, yeah, that was my week. Your week. You guys went to that place, got a surgery, also known as um, essential oils. You're in a MLM now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you join now, Nicole, yeah, you too can earn as much as three thousand dollars a day. Sign me up in a a car and a trip to like Marco Island, Florida, or something like that. Um. Oh, speaking of, just real quick, this is off topic, but it's really funny. I have an old friend from um, a restaurant that I used to work at in Boston, and he's a pretty like. You know, you know how you know how restaurant friends go. You know every detail about their life, but like, do you know them at all? You know, like, yeah. And so his, um, we've been friends for a long time, and like friends with his girlfriend. This motherfucker has been going to those the Tony Robbins things now. Number one, they're still happening. Like they're still doing these meetups with like thousands and thousands of people. Number two, Tony Robbins is completely an MLM. Like, the, I, I don't know what they're selling, but they're definitely selling something because that language is so MLM-y. Like, all this stuff that he's posting lately on Facebook is like, sir, it, ugh, it's it's concerning. So, Tony Robbins is... Selling, Tony Robbins is selling platitudes. That is so perfect. That is and, amazing. like, motivational things, you know? Platitudes and gratitudes, yep. Yep. Plants and grass. <laughs> we need to start an MLM selling plants and grass. <laughs> I'm in. Well, ooh, we could just incorporate it into our cult. Yeah, plants and grass. Yeah, because you you do have to like make money. Yeah. You know, like like I know like some cults did you know like um, sold like sh- things from farming and stuff like that. We will sell plats and grats. Oh my God. Speaking of though, have you watched the wild country or wild wild country or whatever on Netflix, the documentary about the, um, the Rajneesh cult? No, but I have been listening to true crime obsessed, which is, um, they go through crime documentaries and like make fun of them. And I'm telling you, Evie, if you listen to them, their cadence, everything is us the way that they talk and talk about things and it's really funny it's like laugh out loud and they cover that one and it's like a two-parter so it must be like a pretty substantial documentary so what do they say about it i'm so curious well i have to listen yeah i haven't listened to that one i've listened to um probably about maybe 10 different episodes oh my god i'm listening to abducted in plain sight right now that is a wild fucking story like, you don't even have to watch the documentaries to listen to them because they go through the whole thing. But that abducted in plain sight is insane that it happened. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a two-parter, so I'll definitely... So, anyway, back to the documentary. What's it about? Is it good? No, I think it... I, I, yeah, I'm not finished with it yet. I think it's really good. But, um, yeah, when you, when you watch it, I just kind of want to see what you have to say about it because... I don't, maybe I just haven't gotten far enough into it yet, but like, it seems like 
it seems like the problem that most people had with this quote-unquote cult was that there were a lot of people of color. So, Wild Wild Country. It's actually a three-part one. Um, I guess I can... I don't have to get my information from the and, podcast. Like, this woman, Ma Nanshila, is sort of like... She's not like the the guru, but she's sort of the voice of the guru. And she is a badass. Like, she's on this documentary. She's a fucking crazy bitch. And uh, love her. At least so far. I mean, I haven't gotten that far into it. But so far, it's like... I don't really see there being detrimental cult. I don't really see it being a cult so much as like a group of people who are like-minded in sort of this, uh, you know, search for spiritual, uh, you know, enlightenment or whatever, you know? So it's like, it's weird to me because I feel like, I mean, again, I haven't gotten that far into it, but so far I'm like not seeing it as so much of a cult as like white people being scared of these black and brown people, mostly brown, and you know this this loud, you know Indian woman who is you know not taking the white man's slack. I mean, like that's the thing that like has been striking me about it so far. It's like they don't seem like a whole big cult. They just seem sort of like they're doing their own fucking thing. Leave them alone. I don't know. Um, okay. You just gotta, I'm, you gotta watch it, and we gotta talk about it. That's all. Yeah, I don't wanna. I'm, I'm looking at. It. I don't wanna read too far into it because I'm already seeing. I don't wanna have a, um, like a bias on it, you know? Because I get that. I understand 100% what you're saying. There are certain times where I read things, and I'm like, well, well. I, again, I haven't watched this one, so I don't know for sure. But I'm saying, like, not. I don't wanna say like, is it that bad? But like. I don't know. I feel like if you're a consenting adult, there's, I don't know. I, we actually, I just had a discussion about this the other night about how like polygamy and stuff and things should be illegal. And the problem is that the people who end up making those rules fucking, it all, you know, ends up into like really like, um, you know, abusive situations and stuff like that. But if it's a consenting situation and stuff, I mean, it's really weird to like legislate what you do you know autonomy is important and so some cults where I'm kind of like well they're just kind of chilling and doing their thing you know like yeah I mean I don't know it's like because you know I mean of course it's the dream for so many of us to you know find a big fucking plot of land and have you and your friends all kind of live there and retire right yeah which in a lot of ways depending on you know you're a bunch of outsiders coming to this place it can seem very cultish especially because you're going to create your own sort of insular community mm-hmm. you know which can seem really cultish well i mean that can be said for yeah for any group of people and that's a really scary way to try to um, make judgments and pass judgments on people. I mean, that's what happened, like, with persecution of the Jewish people, you know, talking about, like, kind of being, like, the community within communities, and, and then you start throwing words around, like, cultish and clannish, and it kind of turns into an us versus them, where sometimes, I mean, obviously, this is very different for Jewish people, but I'm saying, like, in hit throughout history, one of the reasons why there was so much persecution is because they were kind of described as that, that, you know, not as much now, but right then. And so... It, you know, they start using that kind of language and it really turns into an us versus them. And it's then it's really easy to like, yeah, like to kind of like, you know, um, I, I don't even know if it's fear, but like 
want other people to fear them, you know, like, I don't know, it's weird, it's weird, I'm in the middle of it somewhere, because I feel like, um, I don't know, if it wasn't for the fact that so many fucking cults turn into weird ass shit, you know, like, and they are so, end up being so abusive, and that's just kind of what ends up happening, And, and this probably goes into saying, like, what actually is a cult, like, what makes a cult a cult, which, if you guys don't know, listen to our previous episodes on it it's very interesting very interesting Uh, because it is interesting to like realize what makes a cult a cult versus if it's just a a commune you know a group of people like-minded people or a co-op or whatever they're called um but it's kind of like festival remember how there would be those old newspaper articles about like women are gathering in the woods and like sacrificing men and yeah i mean we were but like i'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> but only in our minds. Right. Um, but yeah, so interesting. I'll definitely watch that. That'll be on the that'll be the next thing I watch. Maybe I'll start it tonight. Yeah, it was kind of funny though because like I fell asleep one night watching it and Amos woke up to a part where there was like some orgy happening. <laughs> so the next morning she's like, What were you watching last night? <laughs> I was like, and I was like I couldn't remember that I was just woken up and I was like, I can't remember what, you know? And she's like, well, there was some kind of orgy happening on the TV. And I was like, huh, what is she going huh. to bed to? <laughs> um, uh, again, this is a little out of pocket, but do you remember Real Sex, the HBO series? Yeah, yeah. They always had the wildest fucking orgies on there. <laughs> like, no matter how it started, it always ended up with an orgy filled with the most awkward adults ever and it was so creepy i don't know what that orgy just brought me there it's always what i think of but yeah so interesting uh so you were watching orgy porn and amos caught you is the whole point of the story right exactly so we are now an orgy porn podcast fuck yes we are i can get behind no i say that like with gusto like i actually been to orgy sex i'm gonna take all that back uh okay should we get to the topic? <laughs> yeah, how about we get to it? Let's get to it. I'm living in my house, so it's fine. And how is Lenore? Oh, stop. What? No, really. Are you trying to fuck my mom? I'm, I'm asking you how she is. I can't believe you still want to fuck my mom. Excuse me. She's an attractive woman else. Pew, 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 pew. But it sounds like laser guns. Pew, 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 pew. Exactly. Okay. What is generation? Q, 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 Q. Oh, I didn't hear the Q. Okay. All right. Let's, okay. One, two, three. Q, 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 Q. Q, 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 Q. Generation. Q, Q, Q. How can you not do finger? Are you doing finger guns? I'm when totally you're doing finger guns. Me too. Cute, cute, cute. I'm shooting. I'm fake shooting Texas. With cues. Cute, cute, Generation Q. Albert, Generation Q, Q, Q. Uh, Texas is my dog. For anybody who doesn't know, I want to clarify that. I've had some people question about why I talk so much about the state of Texas. Uh, he's actually that's my dog's name. No, so we I, actually moved to Texas. We are a Texas podcast. Texas has been going through it though. The state. Now I mean, my dog too. Seriously. So I don't want to. I don't want to fake shoot cues at 
the poor state of Texas right now. No, let's not do that. Let's just shoot cues at the Republicans who got them into this mess. Absolutely. Cue, 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 cue. And finger guns are back out. I'm sure. I know I can't do this without finger guns. And I'm holding them <laughs> up like, you know, and then you flip them around and put them in your saddle. No, you that's put not them in your holster. Holster, not a saddle. You put them in your holster. <laughs> your saddle. You just, you just flipped your fake, your finger guns and then put them in your holster. Yes, I did. They're in my holster right now, so they're safe. Hold on. You meet them out real quick. Pew, 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 pew. Fastest gunslinger in the in the state. Now I can't speak well, but <laughs> I'm a very fast gunslinger, not a fast speaker. Um, fastest <laughs> gunslinger in the West. Yeah, there it is. The Midwest, that is. The Middle East. Oh. <laughs> uh, so what are we talking about today, Evie? What was that clip about? Generation Q. We are finally getting around to talking about L Word, Generation Q. So if you have not seen it, there will be spoilers. So spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, we're absolutely going to go through the whole show. So if you haven't seen it, just watch the show and then listen to us. Because we want you to listen, but we're spoiling the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to happen because we want to talk about it. And listen for a little while now. And listen, I get it. Like, not everybody can afford cable or Showtime and all of that stuff. But right now, there is, you can do a 30-day trial of Showtime and cancel before that 30 days is up, and you don't have to pay a dime, and you can watch the whole damn series, because that's what I did. I um I got Showtime off my Amazon Prime, and they're always running specials, too, and I pay, right now, for six months, I pay 90 cents a month. It's going to change, I'm sure. But, like, I got that a couple months ago. So, um, and yeah. I like Showtime because I like, I still love, I love rewatching like Queer as Folk and like all the old Showtime Listen, shows. So. Cable companies are like drug dealers. They give you a little bit just so that you get hooked. And then once you're hooked, boom, now mm. you pay $500 a month for their service because you need to watch that show. Well, that's when you go to another, like a new plug, get right. another like taste, and then you just go to a new plug because. Um, there's an endless supply of fucking drug dealers and an endless supply of cable options out there. You just got to make them new emails every once in a while. <laughs> We've all done it. No biggie. No biggie. Um, yeah, cable's a, it's a fucking like fraudulent, listen, listen, I get it. We need it, but I do not feel bad for big cable. I don't feel bad for them. They're like constantly making money off of. Like my, I have so many little subscriptions now, and it's still half of the price that what I used to pay for like cable. So yeah, no, for sure. And it's, I mean, like, and now I'm only paying for what I actually want, mm-hmm. as opposed to cable where you're paying for like 300 channels that you don't want at all. Like, like seriously, ESPN. Oh There's so never many need sports on my television ever. Um, okay, well, I do disagree a little bit, but actually, I don't care about sports here as much as I did when I lived in Boston. I don't know what came, why that happened, but I liked um, Nesson, which is the New England Sports Network. I liked some of the people on there, and I, you know, most of it, how I got started there is I worked at a restaurant, and I was a bartender, and the TV would always be on Nesson, so 
I would just end up sitting there watching it, you know, like anything. And so I ended up getting into it because they put a lot of money behind sports and sports networks. So they they would have like documentaries and stuff like that. Like the ESPN documentaries are actually amazing. And most of them get into pretty good stories, not really sports. I mean, they're obviously, you know, about sports, but like deeper stories, you know? So, um, so I did get into a little bit of the sports network, but there, but what I don't get into is like, I don't know. There's, first of all, there's like, okay, I know like HGTV and all that shit is like a thing, but there would be like 25 different versions of that, of like some chick going in, breaking up like kitchen floors and retiling it. And there'd be like 14 different shows about the same thing. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. So cable can suck it. Big cable, we're coming after you. Big cable, mm-hmm. you can suck it. Yeah. Um, we're taking you down. We're taking you on. I, you know what? So apparently, I don't know when this happened, but <clears throat> I was really heated at, uh, I got a Tropicana orange juice and I, <laughs> I drank it and it wasn't good. It just didn't taste like, it's just not, I don't know what they do to their orange juice. Like, I don't know how you fuck up orange juice, but like they make it so it's so bland. So I wrote this like really heated email and I got sent a rebate, like coupon for like literally like $25 basically worth of orange juice. So I took on big juice and I won. And so now I'm like the Aaron Brockovich of juice. Except so. for the fact that their juice kind of sucks. And so now you're laden with $25 worth of juice, which is really only like a couple of jugs. Don't take this moment away from me. When I, I mean, got that I- rebate, I was like, fuck you, big juice. I own <laughs> you guys. I am the Aaron Brockovich of juice. I will take it. If you guys have any juice needs, let me know. Anyway, back to what we were talking about today. L word Generation Q. I don't know how we got to orange juice. Q, 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 rather. Um, I did do finger guns, too, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so, yeah, you can have Showtime. You can watch it. Uh, if you really need it, let me know. I'll give you my password. Just yeah. kidding. Uh, okay, so what were your thoughts on the show overall? Overall, I was really disappointed that it was only eight episodes. Yeah. And, I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was, like, especially, you know, coming back to it, you know, from, what, 15 years ago or so. I mean, it was kind of like settling in with old friends and, like, seeing them and seeing where their life has taken them. You know what I mean? And then being introduced to some new characters that definitely brought in a lot of like diversity in a lot of different ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that the first, you know, series sort of, well, really lacked a lot of. So like I, and I, and I did really enjoy the juxtaposition of like the, the old broads versus the new broads, right? The, like the women in their forties versus the women in their twenties and how like, their lives are, you know, in different stages, but potentially just as messy, you know, like I enjoyed that aspect of it. I like that take. Um, Okay. So if you didn't watch the first L word, first of all, I mean, it was groundbreaking in the way that, I mean, it was a queer show, you know, and like queer as folk too, you know, it was, it was very, um, 
I don't know. There's so many problems. It, it did come out a long time ago. Let's see. It started in 2004. Uh, it was um, overwhelmingly white. The women were very attractive and thin. It was L.A. Um, they all had money. I don't know how the fuck they had the money that they had, but they all had but like a Shane. How did I know? know how? But they all had money. But that's always sort of the deal with a TV show anyway, right? 100%. I mean, unless unless it's focusing on something else. Like, most people on TV live in apartments and have lives where you're like, how do they afford all of that? Like, with I, being yeah. a barista. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? I just, <laughs> We're looking at you, friends. I didn't even watch Friends, and I already know that. But you know what? I'm just... just I kind of feel like that's just TV in general, you know? And I think that was one of the things, like, there were a lot of problems with the first series, right? In a lot of different ways. But I felt like, I do feel like that, like, some of the criticisms were just like, those are criticisms for every fucking TV show. Well, that's what what I'm, so this is what I'm saying, is like, these are the problems, the glaring problems that people, so if they watch it now, those are the comments you hear. Oh, so, yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's like to me, again, I actually found the show fairly relatable. I lived in LA at the time. I mean, to be fair, there are very attractive people in LA. <laughs> it is different. It is like kind of that the nature of like that city. But I mean, they're all, you know, it takes all kinds, whatever. But LA is a little different than a lot of places. Um, but, uh, and I lived there during, no, I lived there. When did I live there? So yeah, I lived there during this show because I remember actually watching the show at this place in, it was off Sunset. Was it like the Eagle or the Falcon? And it was a bird. Do you remember the Falcon? We used to watch the L word there. Anyway, um, but that's so all these are like, this is what we've heard about the L word for so long because we are so fucking critical of anything. Everybody's critical of everything, like so critical. And it almost kind of like, got unfair criticism like yes these problems were there but also it was it you know it was still groundbreaking in the way that it was queer it was like women centered women were doing shit it had nothing to do with dudes you know like except for humdrum tim but um look at how (laughs) how bad tim was treated so you know but uh and so i feel like generation q i overall i really enjoy the show but i do feel like it was really working hard to answer all of those questions you know what I mean to like fix something that needed to be fixed like I love the diversity and stuff but in the first episode I feel like they tried to be like see we're not like that anymore see yeah you know it almost felt disingenuous because of it even though it was more like it did more fairly represent the queer community but it did seem like it was a um to try to like make up for something that the l word supposedly dead you know yeah for sure and I mean at the same time it's also like I think that's a a good thing that's a noble thing to want to do right is to try to you know course correct and you know like okay we hear you we're gonna you know take those notes and sort of you know integrate that into the show and and I agree with you though like I did feel like especially at first oh the first episode was like look look this, this, yeah. look what we did, look what we did, look what we did, you know, yeah. you're like, okay, we get it, like, yeah. And on top of that, like, I felt like some of the actors are just not that 
good. And there was some, like, there were moments where I just thought to myself, like, I mean, it's almost like they sacrificed good acting just to have queer people playing a role. Mm -hmm. But they could have still gotten good queer actors. And so I just felt like there was some little disconnect there in some ways, you know? That's a really, really smart observation. And truth be told, I kind of think we could make that an episode. Um, because there's a lot of that happens a lot in queer shows. But I do think representation is so important. And I think it's amazing when people like it's, you know, queer actors can do that. But you fucking nailed it with. I do feel like it suffered a little bit. The original L word was. I think the the casting and the characters like that was one of the beautiful things about it is that they really casted it well. Like they did. Yeah. I feel like there were, um, you know, great people involved in it. And it was, it felt really real and organic, you know? And I mean, also it could have been back then, anything, anything, any, like a, like a lesbian show would have been like, everything would have been great, but I still think it holds up. I mean, I've had people watch it now that are like, okay, you know, still love the show. Whereas the generation Q, like you said, yeah, they, it almost reminded me of, do you ever watch like, um, there's like web series, you know, like, I know what you're talking about. I just, I tend to not really just because, <laughs> you know, I'm on my computer for work so much. Right. And like, that's, that tends to be where you find the web series is online. Oh, and, most and of so like, when I yeah. turn my computer off, I'm not, you know. Well, yeah. And that also, and also that they're just, a lot of them just aren't great. It doesn't mean that they're not talented people doing talented things and it's really important. But there is such a difference in in the acting, and it's sometimes it's kind of awkward. I don't know. Yeah, really and, awkward. And that it's so funny you said that because that's what I like. The first episode, I was like, this feels like a like a YouTube show. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like but but you know who actually like brought it all home was the original cast members. Like they Agreed. did. Agreed. I mean, like, because I think that they were still on point uh, in general, you know, I mean, they still like obviously capture their characters very, very nicely. And and Bet wasn't nearly as annoying this time around for me. We need to get into Bet. We have so uh, we need to get into Bet. Bet Porter. Bet Porter. She is beautiful. Good Lord. She's fucking gorgeous. I mean, like, seriously. God, um, Jennifer Beals is stunning. Her faces too are so she like it is such a perfect role for her. Now, to be fair, like she is, she very she's a very elegant person. Yes, and I feel like her character is also an elegant character, and I feel like she really does embody that very nicely. That sort of bougie elegance, you know, that's like. She, she's amazing at it. Like, she is she is Bette Porter. I mean, I've seen her in, like, a couple other things. And I'm always like, that's Bette Porter. <laughs> she's very typecasted for me. But in my head. But she's so good at that character. Like, it's hard for me to separate the two. Um, however, of course, she's seeing a fucking married woman. I mean, of course. It, she cannot be happy without having some, like, serious conflict. Now, well, I get... That needs to have, like, 
tears on the brink of her eyelids almost all the time. And if she doesn't have the kind of drama in her life to create those tears, then she's just not going to have that person in her life. I I feel like um that like that's so true and I feel like that like that that character is just thrives off that. Now I know it is a character and I don't know if they meant to write it like that, but if you watch the original L word She's always, like, first of all, she's always, like, fucking huffing and puffing. Like, everything's always going on. She's always like, oh, so busy. I'm so this. I'm so that. Like, she's, she's never very chill. important. She's the opposite of chill. Now, I mean, I get it. Like, I have nervous energy, too. But the drama that this woman creates around her to just, I feel like she's one of those people that needs to, like, shit needs to be going on for her to feel like, like she's alive. You know what I'm saying? And, like... Here's what I would say about Bet. Like, Bet would say that she's not a drama queen and that drama just happens to her. And I would say, in response, you make choices to create the drama around you. 100%. I mean, I know. Yeah. You are a drama queen. I know that feeling. When I was younger, I confused trauma and love a lot. I did. I mean, I hate even admitting this because it's so gross. But I spent a long time thinking about certain things that happened that transpired and why, you know, my part in that. Like, my part in it. Because I know, like, contrary to popular belief, I'm not fucking perfect. And I have made some mistakes. And, like, I I swear to God, I confused the two like you know I confused drama for passion rather you know what I'm saying like listen in high school I remember (laughs) being in history class right and I had just left my boyfriend Jerry in the hallway and you know great Jerry Jerry you had there was a teenager named Jerry there was a teenager named Jerry it's like Jerry and Gary Never should be teenagers. They're always full-grown adults, right? Men. They're grown men with garages. Those are grown men (laughs) with mullets and dirt stashes. So your boyfriend, Jerry, who was also had to be like the gym teacher, but go ahead. (laughs) Oh, he definitely had a mullet. Uh, So Jerry and I, you know, we were making out in the hallway. Everything was great. We were in love, all this wonderful stuff. And then I get into history class. And I see two of my classmates who are dating, arguing. And I was like, jealous. Right? And so I fucking, after class, went out and started a fight with him intentionally. (laughs) Because I needed the fucking drama. So, girl, you are talking to the queen. Right? And Jerry's like, I have a mortgage and I drive a Taurus. Leave (laughs) me alone, young girl. Anyway, but no, no, no. Like, I I confused the two. Now, Bet is a whole ass adult. I I was too, but I definitely had a, a problem with this more when I was like early 20s, you know, where it was like passion and fighting is love. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Still, to this day, there are times where I'm like, like a good fight is charged, you know, and I still confuse it with passion. Not like a not not a mean fight, or just a fight. There's something about like that the moment that can be a little charged for me. So I feel like it is probably something 
in inside me that does that but also I've learned that that's not right like that's not good and so I've tried to change that but I still have that moment where if I start like arguing where I'm kind of like okay yeah like it turns into a very different kind of moment for me very quickly but Bet is very like adult and she's running for office and she is still in shit like she hurt love what, Should what? we talk about the fact that, first of all, I love that she's running for mayor. I yes. think that's so perfect and it so fits in with like the story of Bet's life. I think that's awesome. And I love that they did that, especially because she's such a, you know, she's like our Kamala, right? <laughs> she really is, which is funny because Kamala does make a guest appearance on the show. But I think we all can agree she's Kamala. Hopefully, though, Kamala is a little like. Hopefully Kamala's a little better. But here's the other thing about Bet that I really do enjoy mm-hmm. is that she is that woman, like, and, and we have friends like this. And <laughs> we can talk offline about who those friends are. Please. But she, she is that woman who, by all external appearances, has her shit together. Right? I mean, she's oh, yeah. <laughs> smart, sexy, beautiful. She's, you oh, know, comfortable in her me. life. Okay. Huh? We're talking about me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's comfortable in her life. And her personal life is a fucking mess. Like, in terms of, like, professional choices, she's spot on. In terms of personal life choices, she's shit. And I, I mean, like, we've got friends like this. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not even one of those people. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, I'm just. It's it's always that inter- that to me is such an interesting character in general is like that person who really does like seem like they've got everything going for them and then like you find something out and you're like wow you are actually human you walk on this earth with the rest of us and you fuck up and have these weird wild insecurities and weird wild like flights of fancy or what the fuck ever you know and like that's what makes bet relatable to me She's messy as fuck. <laughs> I love, okay, yes, you're so right. On the outside, she does have it together. She's a great job. She makes money. People respect her. <clears throat> She's very attractive. She dresses in, like, fancy power suit kind of things, like, all for all of it. But, um, every, like, the whole, like, even the original hour, and now, like, I don't know. I guess I would take a minute to really get into that because then we'd have to break down her relationship with Tina, which was difficult, and Tina was a, difficult person although I kind of love her but the Henry thing I don't know that I'll ever quite recover from um that was such bad taste on her part but um definitely bad taste on her part but also like a real thing that happens 100% oh my god for sure yes I agree I mean I kind of appreciated that in the original season you know to uh Eris because it was like it is something that happens to us, you know, we're like our friends who are queer and not necessarily lesbian identified, who do end up dating, you know, someone who is not queer. And then, yeah. you know, you have to kind of reconcile with that. So, I mean, like, that was kind of good. That's true. That's true. And it is it is funny because, like, that must be difficult for that, for the, somebody to deal, you know, to have, like, bring their, like, like you know cis man boyfriend man friend what I don't know 
imagine dating men in this economy. Anyway, but like, <laughs> I get it, and I do, yeah. So I do think you're right. I mean, they did pick the like most boring specimen, but oh, and I 100% agree. Like, I hated the whole Henry storyline. Hardy hated all of it, but at the same time, it was like, yeah. I mean, this is legit. Yeah, it's a legit no. storyline. It's a man. He is a man. He is a man. The party that he had with his friends, his straight friends, oh and all God. his straight friends were like, I don't know. It was just a very weird, uh, it was really, actually, also though it really promoted, I feel like, a lot of biphobia too, because they made it out like it was like, it was very cut or dry. That was a big conversation they had in the show. You remember? Like, Tina was like, well, I still identify as a lesbian. And I understand identification is hard. I don't, I'm not going to say what people should identify as whatever, but Jenny was like, you're not a lesbian, you're a dating man. Like, and it was this really interesting conversation and she wouldn't say like she was bisexual and it was a weird biphobic moment in L word. But then also they are like the grossest straight people ever too. Like they literally found a group of like the straightest fucking people that were like, lesbians what who are these people and in LA and I don't I have a feeling it's not really like that but um anyway so bet bet's always getting into shit Jody was superior Jody was fucking superior Jody was awesome oh my god yeah I mean but so but okay so who I can't remember what what's the woman that she's so what we're talking about now is how um because at the end there's the reporter Maya, but who's the woman that she's sleeping the married woman? I can't remember her name. Uh, I want to say like Elise or something. She's had so many affairs; it's really hard to like find what one. Yeah, well, no, the one in the Candace. No, Generation Q. Oh, her that's another affair. <laughs> Oh, not the carpenter. No, right now, um, the one that she has the affair with the the married woman. I I know it's on here. It would probably take a minute, but I know what you're talking about. And it's like her her husband. It's so cheesy the way he comes out. He's like at like some fucking political event and like calls her out for sleeping with his wife. Like, first of all, like. That's not how, like, those events generally go. (laughs) Like, (laughs) questions are submitted prior. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to the people. Like, you you know where you're going. Like, your people know where they're going before the question is asked. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, it's rarely this, like, open mic thing where, like, that kind of thing happens. And, like, that whole thing cracked me up. I didn't even think of that. Like, yeah, I guess that probably doesn't happen at, like, a political event where you can be like, give me the mic. You fucked my wife. Um, But I just have to say it's really funny that they did get get bet into some another entanglement. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah, I'll have to look her up. I can't think of her name. But, yeah. So, anyway, so Bet's running for mayor on a platform that is fucking devastating. And it's also hilarious because, like, mm. the very first speech she gives, like, here's this woman talking about homelessness. And 
it just seems okay. as my friend Nicole likes to say out of pocket because it just seemed to start in the middle of the speech as opposed to at the beginning there was no like prelude there was no intro it was just in the middle that's where she started yeah. and and when you're that privileged talking about homelessness it just felt super tone deaf and weird and I felt like that was such a bad speech like what were the the screenwriters doing like what were they doing it was the most generic awful political speech outside of anything that Donald Trump ever did <laughs> Felicity Adams this is the name of the woman that she's having an affair with okay uh, yes 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 well, what I was what platform I was talking about is the opioid crisis um and so you start the show you know I feel like we dove right into bet in the beginning of the show and there's like a glaring like person missing and then she starts talking about the opioid crisis and anybody who watched the like the the l word original would probably be able to put two and two together once again these are all spoiler alerts it's been out for a while watch the show before you listen unless you want to have it spoiled to you um but it turns out that miss fucking kit porter died and if that's not the most fucking depressing thing ever, like ever. I know. And I really don't feel like, I mean, I don't feel like they really address it. I mean, they do, obviously, but. But they don't. You're right. There was not like a moment that's really like you just kind of have to like as soon as they she started talking about. Because her platform is like a few different things. You know how that's very important. I'm very important. She's well, like. Her platform is one thing, but the reason she's running is because of Kit's overdose. Yes, but they talk, I mean, she does talk about, like, the, you know, eventually, I can't, again, I can't remember, because I watched it a, a minute ago, a little while ago, but um, eventually she talks about the opioid crisis and how that's something she wants to get involved right. in, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so immediately, if you, you know, again, you watch The L Word, you know that Kit had a, a problem, um, a drug problem, so it's you know, you can figure it out pretty quickly, but it is, and I mean, I don't know, I guess they do have to, it is a realistic thing. It's a huge problem and it's rightfully so they addressed it, but it was like, a blow. It was timely. a blow. It's, it's timely. And I think I liked the way that like they sort of, the way they introduced like Kit's death as a, as not necessarily a relapse. Right. But mm -hmm. like framing it in the sense of like, doctors are prescribing and all of that stuff which is all true to reality right yep. like the opioid crisis like I, I've worked on these cases like I can tell you like shit not publicly but <laughs> I mean like in terms of the way uh opioids and, and doctors and pharmaceutical companies were pushing them like I liked that the, the way they framed the opioid thing was that way as opposed to making it like a personal failure right mm -hmm. I did like that I did appreciate that fact and it also like did piss me off though that Kit's gone it was sad it was brutal because she was a great character um and then okay so that's bad Still in and the then shit. Angie well let's go to Angie though okay. yeah so then they introduced Angie who's her grown well not grown but like her daughter was a infant in the L word. So she's a teenager now ish. Yeah. Like 15, 16, 17, something like that. Utterly adorable. 
like the cutest thing on the planet. Like her whole storyline, I think it was the best thing about the whole show. Yeah, I really loved her storyline as well. Um, uh, and I have to say that like there were moments where that was, you know, parenting her and I mean, they were good moments. Like they had good scenes together and it felt like, you know, like they had a real like relationship and they really felt like, I don't know. I just, I felt like their relationship was good. And I felt like their like um, chemistry was good as mother yeah, and yeah. daughter. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was real. It was a real relationship, like a mother daughter relationship. Like it was really, you know, moody teenager, like, Stop sleeping with other people's partners. You're embarrassing my mom because, again, <laughs> Beth does not know how to keep it in her pants. Um, well, one of my favorites, though, was when, like, her kid, like, her kid gets suspended from school. Like, Angie gets suspended from school, and she has to go into campaign headquarters with mom. And and she's she says something like, fucking blah, 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 whatever. And Beth just, with you know, without missing a beat, basically, you know, she doesn't blink at the, the use of the F-bomb. She just says, you know, whatever she needs to say to her. And then leans down to her and says, and let's fucking stop throwing the F-bomb so much. Or something yeah. like that, you know? And I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, They did a good job with it. They did a really good job mom with it. right there. Like, listen, you know your kid's going to throw the F-bomb, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And so then a couple more characters uh, from the original. Again, we have Shane and Alice. Uh Shane shows up with the same haircut. Um, same haircut, same swagger, same old Shane. <laughs> You know, I guess you got to respect it. That must, like, I said musty. That messy fucking, like, razory haircut has <laughs> served her well. You know, like. I mean, she gets laid everywhere she goes. Here's the one thing that I love about the L word with Shane. Okay. It's almost like, like, because wherever Shane goes, like, everybody's a lesbian. Yes. And, like, I think that's one of my favorite things. Like, I realized that when I was watching Generation Q. Like, you know, back when we were watching the original, it was always like, oh, my God, if only all these people were lesbians, right? Like, it was just sort of, like, annoying. And now I'm looking at it like, oh, my God, I love this lens, right? This is a lesbian lens where everybody is a lesbian. We're just going to assume all the people are lesbians. They really are, though. That's not a stretch. Like, every, not every, but most straight girls that I know would still get it in with Shane. Like, my sisters are both obsessed with Shane. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, like, whether it be Shane and her character or the actual actress, she does have that thing that people are just attracted to her. Women, mostly. I mean, I'm sure men are too, but, like, women are, like, drawn to her. And so I think that was actually, I don't know, they did the best job casting her ever, but I think she actually does have that ability to, like, I don't think it's that far-fetched how her character, now, we get into it a little bit on Gen Q, but, like, the one before the L word, they really get into Shane and how she is, and I mean, a, some of it's a little silly, but I don't think it's a huge stretch. I think she could, like, she does get girls, you know? For like, sure. I just, yeah. I love the idea that 
Everyone's gay. I do too. I love the the default idea that all women are lesbians. I like. I want to like sort of use that lens more. I want to start assuming that everybody's a lesbian and everybody's queer as opposed to assuming everybody's straight. Ooh, I like that. That we talked about that last week a bit. Um, that like how to get rid of that heteronormativity. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think yeah. I could actively so work on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I mean about like the lens with Shane. It's like that's kind of the world I want to live in. I mean, <laughs> you know, and it but the other funny thing though is is that like kind of what we talked about a couple weeks ago about one night stands and stuff. It's like Shane has no problem with those. Yeah, it's not it's like I don't know. She's um it really like um levels the the playing field between men and women. Like Shane does a great job like bridging that gap where she's like, "Yeah, I do this." It's not, you know, like it's not over, like talked about. It's not like looked at as like a promiscuous woman or anything like that. Like it's literally just somebody who gets laid a lot and she has like that swagger and she has the same haircut she's had for like 20 years and it works. <laughs> and she wears like white t-shirts and everything works. I don't know, Shane. And Converse and leather jackets all the I time. some tips, my guy, because it all fucking works, yeah. Converse do though. I will say a leather jacket not really leather because we don't like leather, but you know, like a leatherish jacket or an old one, maybe thrifted because whatever. But um, that'll get you laid. It will. Yeah, not for like sure. Personal. So, but let's let's get into Shane though more. I mean, we've yeah. talked enough about the superficial shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you feel about Shane's character now? I think they did a great job. I think she leans into it very easily again. Um, they show her as like fallible, but like trying to do better of course she has a fucking super hot wife that's she's they're like splitting up she has a dope house i don't know what she but she's like a hairdresser right yeah she had like several salons that she ended up closing when she came back to la because in europe (laughs) her divorce yeah i don't know what you do to start opening up hair like hair salons in europe especially when you have the same haircut from 2005 but Whatever it is, it's working for her. Although she was, wasn't she like a model too or something? So, so she's an absurd amount of money. She buys an insane house. Um, and then they kind of like bring in, you know, we'll get into the new characters afterwards. But like, I like her approach to the new characters because I like, I mean, I think Shane is a good, she's a good character. She's funny. She adds a little humor, humility. She knows like her, pro, you know, as, as confident as she is in some ways, she knows also that she kind of is a fuck up and like difficult to love, you know? So. Agree. I and I think the thing that I like about Shane as well is that she has a surprising amount of depth. Yeah. You know, it's like, but it's also sort of, I mean, her character can be a little bit one-dimensional because it's always this skulking sort of like nobody can ever love me kind of person. So I'm just going to fuck everybody. Yeah. Which can just be a little bit irritating. And I mean, like, I felt like this was, you know, I mean, you know, at the end of the first series, you know, they started to really play around with her more in terms of her emotional depth. And I felt like they did a good job of, you know, with that, bringing it back well, with yeah, the wife I, I, and all of that. I was going to say, I think that they definitely did, you know, like they definitely like showed a little bit of, you know, who Shane was before, but I think that 
they jumped right back into like like what you're saying like a bit more like depth in her character you know they were like hey you know this is who she was and this is who she can be but it wasn't all about Shane being Shane you know it wasn't like that machismo kind of stuff like there was it, it like I I love her relationship with Alice and her relationship with Bet, and I think they did her um I they did a much better job in this show like introducing her as somebody with depth Whereas in the original one, it was literally just like Shane. Ram, bam, baby Shane. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, I mean, so we talk about doing this as like a two part. So I guess we can yeah, get into the. Yeah, let's 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 go to Alice, and then yeah. next week we can talk about the new characters. Yeah, and we can talk a little bit more about like the developments with the old characters too, because there's. You know, this is more about like an introduction and you're kind of seeing what they're up to and like revisiting and all of them. But I think next week we can get more into how it, you know, how it kind of unfolds. So Alice, everybody loves Alice. Alice is the best, second only to Jenny. But Jenny's not in the reboot, so Alice is the best. (laughs) Evie, can I just give us like um, a medal of honor? We are so brave, and the fact that. And I feel like this is one of the reasons why you and I have such, like, insane chemistry is the fact that we are the only two people on the planet that agree that Jenny was the best character. Jenny is the best character. And I'm so sad that she is dead and that she's gone. It was so lazy to kill Jenny. Like, she, they did so much with her character. And they, like, again, um, actually... You you put it perfectly earlier. We were kind of arguing with some people. Not arguing, but discussing this with other people in a group. And what did you say? Like, she's, like, the only one that has, like, more than one dimension. I don't know. Whatever you said earlier. She's the only character that's fully three-dimensional. You know, she's messy. She's uh, awful. She's awesome. I mean, she's funny. She's hilarious. She's interesting. She's just got the most interesting storyline yes. for me. And then... To, to, you know, to add my um my in, insightful bit, she's fucking hot. <laughs> like, I was sorry. I don't care what anybody says. Mia Kirscher is insanely hot. She, well, that, yeah, that too. I get that that doesn't make a difference, but, like, there's so much Jenny slander that I feel like I need to, like, support on all ends because she's very attractive. And, yeah, she was a big fucking mess, but she was the most interesting character on that whole show. She really was. I mean, she really was the most transformed person throughout the series. And, I mean, you know, for all the, you know, the things that I can say about all of the original cast, they were all very two-dimensional characters. I mean, Bet is the serial cheater who's posh. Right. You've got Shane, who's, you know, perpetually like looking for love and can't find it because she's so fucking emotionally unavailable. Yeah. You know, you've got Alice all of these like, quirky. Like, right. Yeah. And Alice, who's like the quirky and cute. Yeah. Quirky, cute, bisexual. Yeah. And, you know, it's like all yeah. the things. But like with Jenny, like there was actual depth. Yeah. Literally. And she, yeah. She was awful, but she was also fucking awesome. And hilarious and feminist as fuck. Exactly. And it's, again, we talked about this earlier. It is amazing how many people fucking tear this character apart 
because she because of her trauma and getting over that getting through that trauma moving past it and being like learning about herself changing herself changing your whole fucking life and like she's a feminist hero like the whole like that when she talks when she talks that one dude who like rented that room and like videotaped him or whatever and she's like what a fucking need to you know a woman's job isn't to fix a man yeah like we're not here to be consumed and spat out by you like what the fuck ever she says but like yeah, yeah. i mean she is a badass thank you um this is a you know what i am standing by this this is a jenny fucking schecter podcast hell yeah it is we are jenny the way all day all day no Mia Kirshner call us if you want Mia Kirshner, we want you back Jenny want- you are welcome in my You're house welcome here Jenny um okay so so oh but we were supposed to be talking about Alice <laughs> I mean listen this is why this is a two-parter possibly a three-parter because it's a big show it's and the L word the L word was a was such a like a fundamental part of coming out and it was a cultural phenomenon at the time when it came out like it really was because it was really the first lesbian show right I mean maybe the only literally the only say again I said it's actually like the only lesbian show that's like been made you know that had a full series running and it was all about lesbians it was a huge it was it was a cultural reset you're right like it was and so that's why it's hard to not. And and I listen. If you guys haven't watched the original Outward and you are watching the new one, and for whatever reason, if you've heard this, that, and the other, watch the original one. First of all, I mean, there's so much context you're missing if you watch the new one without the original one. Second of all, oh, yeah. it's a great show, and it's. It I mean, there's so much to it. I've never met anybody who like didn't sit through it and wasn't at least somewhat change you know like oh absolutely um okay so alice 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 quirky cute she is adorable um alice has always been one of my favorite characters i mean what's not to love about alice she is quirky she is she's comic relief she's adorable she's she's funny you know she does such a good job with that role it is so fucking like natural I don't even like I mean I, I I have never really I don't know I've never really like seen Leisha Haley and I mean except I've seen her band play I saw her band play at the Rainbow Room ah I saw them at uh Magic Box or no the Majestic wait yeah Magic Stick Oh, oh, uh, magic bag. Magic bag. Magic box. The majestic. The magic stick. Magic bag. Yes. I saw them at the fucking Rainbow Room. So good. I mean, great band. Uh-huh, her is uh-huh, who we're her. talking about. In case you're not aware. Listen to their music. She's like this old riot girl band. It's fucking awesome. So um, So she's adorable. And she is Alice. She does Alice so well. And the original word... Um, she's kind of, she's got a lot of nervous energy. Do you remember when she dates Lisa? <laughs> oh, yes. The man, this, the man who identified as... As a lesbian. A and lesbian, yeah. There's a really interesting storyline about them having sex. Because she's like, I want simplicity. I just want a dude. Um, and yeah, there are some things that are problematic about the show. But Lisa is a man who identifies as a lesbian 
and she wants to have sex with him, like, I don't know, with his penis, but he insists on wearing a strap-on, and it's like, but her comic relief in the whole thing, like, her, it's good. It's good. She does such a good job at, like, it is good, but I mean, like, looking back on the Lisa storyline, like, you could, I could definitely see that, like, Lisa potentially is a trans woman, right? That, like, th- that's the problem with the show. They didn't even, like, get into that. They, like, right. they so did it so, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, they did such a shitty job with, and this is the problem with the album. I'm the first person to say, watch it. They did a shitty job with a lot of things. The way they treated Max, they did not do, they did not do any service like trans people at all, at yeah. all. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the whole Lisa storyline, while, like, there is a lot of, quote-unquote, comedy in there, there's also a lot of transphobia in there, like, looking back on it, right? Yeah, and it's Brian Krakow from My So-Called Life, and it's just such a weird storyline, and Alice is so, like, but it's also, also, yeah, it is, there is a lot of transphobia, but there's also, like, I feel at that time, those conversations would have happened, and they didn't handle it the right way, but the conversations are important, you know, because, like, Lisa stood true to her identity, you know, like, I mean, but the thing was, like, they didn't talk about gender as much as just, like, being a lesbian. Um, I can't remember exactly if they did, but, like, it sucks that they didn't follow through and actually, like, make it a teachable moment. But it was one of those first experiences where you're like, okay, well, people, you know, identity and identifying is a very complicated thing and gender is really complicated. And, like, Shane was, like, Shane was fucking awesome about it. She was like, that's Lisa. That's Lisa. Yeah. And it was like, they talked so much about Lisa being a man identifying as a lesbian, but like, yeah, it's probably a trans woman. And yeah, they missed, there's a lot of, a lot of that in the original world. There are a lot of missed moments, but. I mean, and at the same time, like they had Lisa identifying as a lesbian, not as a woman, right? So I mean, like. Exactly. But that's also like kind of, but mm, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they were going with that. I don't know if it was just meant to be comedy or if it was just pure transphobia. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, or just ignorance at the time, because let's face it. I mean, at that time, things were kind of changing in a way where, like, that's when, like, trans identities were really starting to come forward more, mm-hmm. right? Like, in terms of popular culture and, like, People were learning more and more about trans identities at that point, you know, but like it really was still something that by and large society was not fully, you know, understanding of. This is long before like Caitlyn Jenner, right? And all the things. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, they handled it like poorly in that way. Exactly. And, like, Alice totally, completely ran right over, like, Lisa's whole identity. And it was so, like, <laughs> so cringy to look back on. But, like, that's, I mean, it's it's flawed for sure. And, and Alice is flawed for sure. She does have the quirky, like, funny thing going. But, like, it's kind of that, like, yeah, she's like, there's actually kind of a lot of problematic stuff with her with the bisexuality and the way that she's like, I just want a man. They're simple. Women are, you know, and uh, it's fucking, 
fucking ridiculous. I can't even handle. I can't handle the storylines of that show. Like I haven't thought about them. Hmm. Hashtag all men. Oh, hashtag uh, all men. I haven't thought about them in so long, but like, I and I mean they. But I also, I mean, like personally, like I do understand where she's coming from in that statement, right? Like, men are simple compared to women in terms of dating. Yeah. Not necessarily that men as as humans are simple humans. I just mean it's more simple to date a man. Yeah. Than yeah. a woman. For some people, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. Do they, do, is Alice, like, uh, does she talk about her being bi in the Generation Q? I can't remember. No. Uh, no, because there's too much of the poly story happening. Yes, yes. And I feel like we can get into that a little bit. We can definitely get into it more next week. Um, so, anyway, yeah. The original word is a fucking mess. It's a hot fucking mess. Um, Still love her. Watch it, though. A hundred percent. there's one thing we all have to normalize, and that's growth. And this show did come back, and it did face itself in the way that they know that they were going to be criticized about, like, everything they did about all of their, like, grossness, and they did try to make it better, and there's something to be said for that kind of growth. I'm sure, I'm sure Lisa Haley is horrified with her, that's what I was kind of getting at with her whole, like, the Lisa storyline. I'm sure Lisa Haley is like, oh my fucking god. Yeah. They wrote that, and I said it. Yeah. She just, ugh, it's so brutal. A hundred percent, and that is, that is exactly I think that's a really good point is it is growth. <laughs> yes. Growth that's is important. In the show. Okay, so, you. Growth. So it doesn't sound like Alice is great, but she is. She is. Her humor is really kind of funny. Um, and she does end up. Um, and that's well, she isn't. Well, in the beginning, it's not, though. She's in a relationship with a woman who I am insanely attracted to by the way my god seriously because i found her so annoying right i know you know my taste is a little i mean no not that i'm okay that sounds really bad (laughs) because no 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 no. (laughs) we might need to cut that part (laughs) i am not attracted to annoying people um what i meant to I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> anyway, I just think she was the most attractive character on the whole show. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I just oh, couldn't stand her girlfriend. Like, she was like, ugh. I can't She's... stand the girlfriend's ex-wife, though. I don't like her. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. Like, I don't see anything in either of those women. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I... not. I'm not talking about looks. I'm talking about their characters. Like, their characters well... were just super annoying and not yeah I don't know I was into her so anyway regardless um <laughs> I'm gonna apologize right now uh I'm not saying that like I'm gonna try like it's not it was, that well, the thing wise. that I did appreciate about Alice's storyline though was that the thruple uh you know kind of interrogation of the show you know like them like trying that out and like I I loved Alice's uh openness and willingness and like her actual love for her partner to like want her partner to like heal things with her ex 
well, to so, wait, where she invites the ex into a relationship with them. You know what I mean? Like, like that is just like fucking crazy love right there. Like being so willing to lose somebody just so that they can be happy. Like whatever well, you want. Yeah. Them to be happy. Like that's, that's fucking love. That's fucking beautiful. And yeah, granted, it's a fucking show, but that was, that was beautiful. Well, so, I mean, just to back up a little bit, unless just in case you're only watching the show through us, basically, um, Alice is in a relationship with a woman who has two children with her ex-wife. Uh, it starts off as, like, kind of, it shows Alice, like, is, you know, this, like, kind of, like, maybe working on being, like, more, you know, the kind of partner that is, like, you know, is helping her raise her children uh, it, it sort of shows it as like Alice maybe wasn't that really wasn't as much in the cards for her, you know, the kids, but right. she loves her partner and then she's starting to love the children. And then there's this whole yeah, exactly. like, like Alice doesn't didn't want kids, doesn't want kids, isn't great yeah. with kids, is but here she is in love with somebody with kids, so she's gonna fucking figure it the fuck out. Yeah, so then she goes back and like, um uh starts to like try to you know find that like more maternal side and her ex-wife uh her partner's ex-wife ends up kind of in the picture as you know most people are in the picture when you're raising kids together and the one thing leads to another and they end up in a throuple (laughs) which sounds like the fucking most brutal thing i i'm and i'm not talking about polyamory i'm not i'm talking about your ex wife and your new partner all of you together that yeah, that's sounds a lot of feels that sounds fucking terrifying to me i can't i could not i could not i w- could not do it i can't imagine it the I, amount of processing i mean because we're not talking about a current partner and a new person we're talking about an ex ex wife that you were together if you were with somebody for years and then you split up and you have a new person I don't understand how you would be able to make that work, how people wouldn't, how you would be able to satisfy any needs from your ex whom you were with for years. So you already have that kind of like, you know how you establish a relationship and like patterns. And then with a new person, it just, it sounds like it's literally sounds like a nightmare. Well, it's not just new patterns. It's you establish like, I mean, like, with your old partner, you've got old wounds, right? Like you've got old hurts. You've got like things that have never been addressed or worked out because you split up, right? And you may have each worked on your individual shit, but you never fucking worked on those fucking underlying issues that you had as a couple, right? Yeah. So now you're introducing that underlying issue person into your new situation yeah that's a fucking that you're still working out because you also you have children so you're all trying to do it i mean like i wouldn't even have a threesome like just a sexual experience with a partner and somebody else if you're gonna do that listen my only advice is strangers (laughs) like maybe you could do it with your partner but like do it with a stranger and i'm not talking about polyamory because that's a very different subject i have not been in a polyamorous relationship but i i know that it can work out very well for people. And that's for just sure. different. And I mean, this is technically a polyamorous situation, but it's, I'm just saying an ex and a new, like that just sounds like a whole 
truckload of fucked up. And well, and that's kind of one of the things that I loved about the way they sort of portrayed it, right? Is that like it was messy and it was like super like laden with a lot of emotion that was unexpected and you know things kept coming up and you know having to work through that and not knowing how right and trying to navigate that situation was interesting to watch because I know that there are a lot of people out there who like are interested in polyamory or whatever and don't really know how to go about it. So, but they want to try it anyway and they go about it right. And like not necessarily the healthiest ways, which is no judgment on my part because it's fucking hard. Right. But you know, you just kind of fall into a situation and you're like, Oh, well, we'll give it a try. And I kind of appreciated the way they went about how messy the whole thing was. Yeah. Yeah. They did do a good job with that. They did. And the only other thing that I would say about that is that they totally wasted our Roxanne Gay appearance with fucking Alice's whole thing with her girlfriend. I, I, yeah, the, I, yeah. Yeah. It was like um, Roxanne Gay is a prop here and Roxanne Gay is way too big of a badass to be a prop. I mean, yeah, they did it. A, I mean, Kamala was in the show. I love that they fucking had her in it. Like. That's insane that she made a guest appearance on our Generation Q. Um, yeah, so, all right. Uh, I feel like we should probably stop here, though. I think that's good, yeah. Yeah, and she next week, we, yeah, next week we can get into some of the new characters and kind of what happens through the show with them. Uh, yeah, could be two-parter. Could be a three-parter. Sorry. I am sorry. I was just saying it could be a two-parter, it could be a three-parter. You never know. Yeah, um, never know with us. You never know. We'll be it. We'll be right. it. Get used to it. Get used to it. Get used to it. Get used to it. I'm cousin. Mocky Mock's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> he never was right. Crushes. Crushes, let's do it. All right. Evie? I'm super very interested in your crush this week because I know that you have a crush that's very interesting. Oh, I and I want crushes. to hear all about your crush. Mm, I have I have so many crushes. It's almost hard. It's almost hard to pick. But my crush this week is actually going to be our friend Lisa. Oh, I love that. Yes, because she went uh, live tonight with her band, uh, Maria Montoya, and they're very good. And I strongly suggest checking them out, liking them on Facebook. And um, she's just got a heart of gold. I love the kid. I feel like she's been my crush a few times because she's one of my best friends. And yeah, I just, I adore her. Lisa's the best. Agree. I co-signed that check. I think Lisa's awesome. I don't know her nearly as well as you do. And, you know, I mean, we were kind of starting to get to know each other a little bit, but then pandemic. So, well, we met at a party, um, when pre pre pandemic and, you know, she was friends with my friends and we just hit it off in a comfortable way. And we became super close friends really quickly. And now she's like, 
the kind of friend that's like way more than just like a kind of everyone's not hangout friend. She's like one of my people, you know. Yeah. Um, I've you know I've met her family. She's met mine. Uh, she's just again the kid has a heart of gold. I love her. She's a very talented musician. Um, that is Montoya. a fact. Maria Montoya. Everybody yep. check her out. Check her out. She's great. And so yeah, Lisa's Lisa. I love her. I think that's a fucking wonderful, perfect crush. Who's your crush? crush is not so wonderful and perfect. I know, but it makes her wonderful and perfect. Let's my it. crush is a mess, and my crush is, once again, Jenny Schechter. This is a Jenny Schechter podcast. No Jenny slander here. I fucking love it. I love her. Love her all the time. Honestly, I'm so sad that she wasn't brought back. I am really disappointed in that. But Jenny Schechter, for me, will always be the best character on the L Word. On the L Word. I see bitches. I stand by you there. Also, quick, uh, quick little fact: Mia Kirshner is in The Vampire Diaries, which is another show I watched a million times. And right now, my girlfriend and I are watching The Vampire Diaries. Uh, wait a second. You just said that word. Vampire Diaries? Girlfriend. I, oh, I did. You did. Where's the U-Haul girl? <laughs> just kidding. Love you. No, I, I mean, yeah, we're, we're a minute away from that. No, we're, I told you, we're <laughs> right on track. Um, Oh, my God. I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. Oh, totally Jenny my girlfriend. Her is the best character. She is the most three-dimensional she's just fucking interesting and awful and messy and thing. yes but i was actually talking about jessica who is the uh, girl sorry <laughs> i was talking about jenny i love jenny too trust but yes i love jessica we're watching vampire diaries and mia kirschner is in that and of course she also plays a really fucking complicated like just terrifying mess and I love her in that show too because Mia Kirshner does it so well she and really does do you know what else I love about her remember back on Twitter a little while ago where she actually called people out on it with the L word thing where she's like she's not dead I mean yeah. she is dead but like Mia Kirshner was like no Jenny had trauma and was complicated and the fact that everybody hated her for it like what the fuck what is that a hundred percent. I mean, like, listen, it's lazy to hate Jenny. It's lazy. It it's is easy to mm-hmm. hate Jenny. Jenny is the most interesting L word character you will ever meet. I will die on that hill with you, Evie. A hundred percent. We are a Jenny Schechter podcast. <laughs> All right. If people want to find us on Facebook. Uh Queerdos on Facebook. What about Instagram? Queer podcast on Instagram. Um, rate, review, subscribe, leave a message, yada yada. You know the yada, drill. Yada. Um, we'll talk more. Q Q Q. Next you. I did the. Did you do finger guns? I did. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yes. Next week I we're going to talk not. more. Yes. Yes. All uh, right. Too excited. We keep talking over each other. All right. Stay weird. Be queer. Love you, kids. Love you, kids. See you next week sometime because we never yeah. know when it's coming out. See All right. Tuesday ish. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Something like that. Okay. Uh, Bye. Blah, blah.
Make sure I don't dry heave. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm good.